God is good. And I just wanted to give an encouraging word before I just give a brief message this morning. You know, one of the things that, uh, that was said while we were there, just the Spirit of God moving, um, is that the time that we're living in right now um, is a time where we need to be running. We can't be walking anymore in the Spirit. We, the pace of grace has picked up. And if we stay at a walking pace with the Lord, we're going to find ourselves being left behind. And Pastor Larry had spoke to us and said, you know, bringing out the scriptures, it said, if you can't keep up with the footmen when they run, how will you ever run with the horses? And God has called us, every single one of us. I don't care if you're online, if you're in your car sitting here in front, every single one of us are called to run with the spirit of the living God. And we've got to pick up our pace And this is what the Lord spoke to me through that word that he spoke to us pastors is this. You know what? Sometimes we can get weak and we can feel dried out and we can get discouraged. But I'm telling you what, if you will pick up your praise, you will be able to pick up your your, your pace. If you pick up your praise, you'll pick up your pace. You've got to be able to lift God up. We enter his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. What does that look like? That looks like this. You, out of your mouth, in your own home, maybe in a room by yourself, saying, God, I praise you. You are my savior. You are my deliverer. You are my healer. You are my restorer. You are my joy. You do go before me. That's praise for what he has done and who he is. It's got to come out of your mouth. It can't be, it can't be murmured. It, it's it's got to be clear and distinctive praise coming from you. Don't give God your half praise. Give God your whole praise. And you'll find out that if you feel weak, yeah, we've, we've all gone on walks and, and hikes or whatever like that, and your legs can get tired and your feet can get tired and your body can get achy. But I believe this by the Spirit of God. If you will begin to praise God out of your mouth, you'll feel the second wind that you've been longing for. You just look in the Bible and you see all the things. You can, you can even, you're not even stealing praise from the people in the Bible. You're just seeing their praise and their praise can encourage you to begin to praise God. And as you praise him in private, you'll find yourself praising him in public. And then when you're praising him in public, you'll find that God is using you as a light to be able to teach others how to praise and lift up God Almighty. Amen. Hallelujah. Well, that's all for free. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. I just wanted to take just a moment here and uh, just share uh, something that's been on my heart. You know, we, we started a series last week um, called uh, uh, Bible Stories That Made the Difference. And last week we talked about Cornelius, really devotion, the devotion of Cornelius as well as Peter and even God's devotion. This week, I just want to take a moment and I want to talk about friendship. And uh, man, friendship is important, right? I mean, have you thought about that? How, how important is friendship? Think about your friends in your life. Think about those who have really inspired you and helped you. How important is friendship? How important are your friends in your life? It actually says this. I'm only going to read two scriptures this morning. The first one is in 1 Corinthians chapter 15. In verse number 33, it says this. Do not be deceived. Bad company corrupts good morals. Don't be deceived. Bad company corrupts 
good morals. I like the way the Amplified Version says it. It says it this way, bad company will corrupt and destroy good manners and good morals and good character. It will destroy and corrupt good manners and good morals and good character. Someone once said, if you want to know who you're going to be in five years, you can gauge that by what you're reading today and who you're hanging out with today. Who you're hanging out with and what you're reading right now, what you're watching and listening to, that will determine who, you're, who you are going to be five years from now. And this scripture encourages us and actually says that, you know, these, this bad company can destroy and, and corrupt the good manners. I see good manners as this. Good manners is really how you treat other people. You ever been with a group of people where um, maybe they weren't a, 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 a good example for you and you, you saw yourself treating people the same way because you began to hang out with them and you began to come a little bit more like them? That those good manners, it's, it's how we treat other people. It says that bad company will corrupt good morals. That's what you believe. You know, you, if you hang out with people who, who don't believe in God, we're not talking about being able to witness to people. But if, if the people you're hanging out with and who are pouring into your life are those who don't believe in God or they, they're, they're against God or they're, they're always, you know, contradicting what the word of God would say, how are you really going to have faith and believe in what the promises of God for you? Amen. It'll corrupt and destroy good morals, what you believe. It can also corrupt and destroy good character. That's who you are. God wants us to, he wants us to grow in him. He wants to grow us to grow in his character. So how important is friendship? And how important is it to have a good friend or to be a good friend? Anybody ever watch uh, Indiana Jones? Remember the Indiana Jones movies? And uh, I think the last one was called uh, uh, The Last Crusade. And it was the whole movie, you know, each one was, was a little bit different. So the first one, they were looking for the Ark of the Covenant. Um, the next one I, is the Temple of Doom. I forget what that one. I know that was very ad adventurous. But the last one, they were looking for the Holy Grail. They were looking for the cup that Jesus drank from on the night of the Last Supper. And they believed, this was the folklore to this, that if someone was to drink from this cup that Jesus drank from on the night of, of the Last Supper, that they would receive eternal life. Isn't it funny that everybody's looking for eternal life all different kinds of ways except for the way that you can get it through faith in Jesus Christ? You've heard of the fountain of youth? Even that, what was that one guy's name, the explorer that, that uh, you know, sailed around uh, Florida? He found, he, he's the one who kind of like found Florida looking for the fountain of youth. He never found it. The fountain of youth, the eternal fountain of life is found in Jesus Christ. But in this movie, they get to the place, the crypt, through all these adventures and all these traps and trials and stuff that they had to get through. They walked into a room that had all these grails all over the place on these shelves. And there was an old knight in there. I mean, he was old. <laughs> he could barely hold the sword up. And he was waiting for someone to come to be able to choose the right grail. He was kind of the keeper that was there. And he had a warning sign for, for, for people that came. There were two guys that were there. And one guy was just craving power, and the other guy was actually looking for, in humility, the cup, not for to receive eternal life, but to just the historic value that this is the cup that Christ had drank from. And the, the knight gave the warning, and he told the people, he said, choose one of the cups, but you only get to choose one. 
And if you choose wisely, you shall live. But if you choose unwisely, you shall die. And this guy that was looking for and craving power and riches and eternal life, he looked at all the cups and he found the one that looked like it was encrusted with so, the most jewels, the most beautiful diamonds and emeralds and sapphires. And it was, it was made of gold. He said, surely this is the cup that the king of kings would have drank from. And he took the water that was flowing there and he took a drink and he's waiting. And the night that was watching, he said, you have chosen unwisely. And right there before him, he died. How much here, here Indiana Jones, now he's got to choose. No pressure, right? He's got to choose the Holy Grail. And he chose the cup that was the least impressive. It was just made out of clay, mud, nothing special about it at all. And he said, it was the humility of Christ that he came to earth to serve. Surely this is the cup of the king. And he drank from the cup. And there was a pause. Of course, he's waiting. Come on. Come on. Tell me what he goes. You have chosen wisely. You know what? How important is it to choose friends? It's, it literally is as, as important as life and death. Good friends will pour into you. Those who are really only caring about themselves, they won't pour into you. They'll really take from you. And I wanted to take just a moment here to talk about a story in the Bible. We're talking about stories that made the difference. This is out of, you can find this in, in Mark chapter 2, but I'm going to be reading for the, the account from Luke chapter 5. And this is the story of, of the man who was paralyzed, he was crippled, and he had friends that was trying to get him to Jesus. Now, I'm going to read down through this here. I'm going to start at verse number 17 in uh, chapter 5 of Luke. One day, Jesus was teaching at home, and there were some Pharisees and teachers of the law sitting there. And it seemed that these men showed up from every village of all Galilee and Judea, as well as from Jerusalem. As men, and so many were gathered together that there was no longer room, not even near the door. The message Bible says the crowd gathered, the, the crowd that gathered was jamming the entrance so no one could get in or out. You know, if you look at these, one of the, one of the gospels talks about just anybody, but there's several gospels that says that they, they were Pharisees and Sadducees. These were, these were teachers of the law who filled the house that were, you know, really prohibiting anybody else to come in. And they were listening to Jesus. It says, Jesus was speaking the word to them, and the power of the Lord was present to perform healing. God's present was there to perform healing. And the Bible goes on to say in verse number 18, and some men, really four men, were carrying on a bed a man who was paralyzed and they were trying to bring him in to set him down in front of Jesus. But not finding any way to bring him in because of the crowd, they went on top the roof and took off some of the tiles. And they lowered the sick man on his mat down into the crowd right in front of Jesus. And seeing their faith, Jesus said, friend, your sins are forgiven you. Now, 
Think about the friendship of this man who was crippled. He had four guys who went way out of their way to bring him to Jesus. You know, one, one friend, uh, his name is uh, Joey, Joey Amendola. I call him Amendola now. He used to be Joey Amendola. He can, he's Italian. And all his life, um, he, he, they knew their last name is um, uh, uh, Amendola. And then he desi- uh, decided to visit the motherland, Italy. And he went and spent a couple weeks there. I think it must have been up, even up to a month. And he was there, and he was like researching his history and finding everything about his family he could. And he comes home and tells his dad, he's like, Dad, you're an idiot. He's like, what are you talking about? He goes, our name is Amendola, not Amendola. So all those years, he thought his last name was pronounced uh, Amendola, and it was really Amendola. (laughs) That's funny. But this man was an awesome friend of mine, and he really showed Natasha and myself really what a true friend is. A true friend is someone who not only cares for you, they care about, not only care about your future, they care about God's future for you. In fact, they're a friend who cares more about God's desire for you than even sometimes you even care for yourself. Those are friends to look up to. Here's these four guys there's this crippled man. He, he's not a child. He's an adult. The Bible here doesn't say how long he was in this state. It could have been from birth. It could have been a sickness that came upon him. It actually talks about his, uh, him having a sickness that could have came upon him and brought him into this crippling state. But either way, they heard somewhere along the line, they heard the testimony of Jesus that Jesus heals. And they had a friend who needed healing. And whether their friend believed or not, up to this point, we do not know. The Bible does not tell us, but the Bible says that Jesus saw the faith of the friends. And they heard that Jesus was in this house, and they were bringing this man on a stretcher. The Bible does not tell us how long they had to carry, or how far they had to carry him, or anything of those details. They brought him to this house, and they tried to get in, but guess what? They couldn't get in. Because the house was filled with people who were really only there to contradict Jesus' word. See, a Pharisee could be described as this, those who teach but are unwilling to be taught. See, the Pharisees, they believed that God had given them the privilege and the responsibility to teach others, but Jesus told us himself that they did not receive teaching from the Lord. And the power of God was present to heal, but no one was looking for healing except these four guys with their friend that needed to have this sickness, had a need trying to get in, and they couldn't get in because the door was jammed. There was no room inside, but these friends didn't give up. Anybody have any friends that just don't give up? Aren't you glad for friends that don't give up on you? Sometimes it seems to be annoying when they're calling you and texting you and and checking in on you and you're going through a a troublesome time and and you don't want to reach out because maybe you feel embarrassed because they've helped you so many times before. But praise the Lord for friends who don't give up and keep reaching out because they know that you need their help. Man, we all need a good friend. Can you say amen to that? Here they are. They didn't stop. These friends didn't stop. You know, just were at the door. 
And what's funny is, you know, they, they got up, and I have no idea how high that, that obviously high enough to, you know, to have a roof on, so it's got to be at least 8, 10 feet tall. They climbed up on the roof, dragged their friend up. That would have been a sight to see, you know, dragging their friend up in, in this mat, four guys dragging him up onto the roof. And it's, it's actually believed it was kind of like an open area. So, you know, kind of the, they have their house that's there and everything, but it's kind of like an open outside area with, with, a, with a, a, a covering over it. There on top, there's probably people looking at them, and they, they couldn't get down, so they began to dig through the tile. They wanted to make sure they weren't dropping this down in front of the, of the teachers. They wanted to drop this right down in front of Jesus because they know he's the one who was able to bring healing. You know, a good friend will lead you to Jesus. A good friend will take you to the source of all sources that can help you, body, soul, and spirit. He's the one who can save. He's the one who can deliver. He's the one who can set free. He's the one who can bring clarity. He's the one who can bring vision. He's the one who can fill you up with joy and overflow you. So not only are you full, but you have enough to give to others. And the Bible says, that they took away part of the roof and they lowered their sick friend on his mat down in the crowd right in front of Jesus. You know, this is funny because the only other thing that Jesus looks up to besides God the Father is another person's faith in him. Jesus looked up and he saw their faith and he looked at the man that they were believing for to be healed and he said, my friend, or my son, or my child, your sins are forgiven. And guess what happened? The Pharisees and the Sadducees who filled that house and blocked the entrance, they had a problem with what Jesus said. They began to question, who can say such things as this? Who has the power and the authority to forgive sin? This is blasphemy. It's really to speak against God. And Jesus said, the Bible says that Jesus sensed this in his own heart. He was discerning this and he said, why do you reason in your heart if, if I'm able to forgive sins? See, the Pharisees had a problem because, you know, the heart isn't meant for reasoning. You reason with your mind. The heart is meant for believing. God created your heart to believe in him. And the Pharisees were getting it backwards. They were reasoning in their heart when they should have been believing with their heart instead of reasoning with their mind. It's okay to say, I don't understand. One of them could have said, if they had a teachable spirit, they could have said, excuse me, teacher, I thought only God had power to forgive sins. That wouldn't have been questioning in a bad way. It would have been asking, I want to learn, Jesus. What's going on? And Jesus would have said, I am the son of God. I have the authority to be able to forgive sins. But they didn't ask that question. So Jesus said, so that you know that the Son of Man has power to forgive sins, and, and you're questioning between which is easier to ask, you know, uh, uh, to forgive someone's sins or to, uh, to, to, to uh, bring healing to them, I'm going to say right now, and he spoke to the man, he said, son, pick up your mat and go home. And the Bible says, immediately, everyone watched the man jump up, he picked up his mat, and he went home praising God. And everyone was gripped with great wonder and awe, and they praised God, explaining, we have never seen anything like this. How many have a friend that needs a touch from God? 
I want to tell you that in this story, we are the friends. As believers, as those who believe in God, those who have come to Jesus, we're the ones who need to be able to go out and bring friends, bring people who don't, need, who don't know Jesus, people who need a touch, whether it's bodily, physically, spiritually. We're the ones to go out and bring them to a place where we can set them right in front of Jesus that they can hear his voice. See, he saw their faith, but he ministered to this man's need. He saw the faith of the friends, but he ministered to the man's needs. The man was the one who was in need. The friends recognized that need. There was no way. This man would never have been able to be close to Jesus in his paralyzed state if his friends didn't bring him there. Unless by some chance, Jesus would have happened to walk straight by where he was. Bible don't give any account of that. It's these friends that see someone in need. Bring them to Jesus. You know, maybe we have friends that are, maybe it's paralyzed in a, in a physical state. Maybe it's paralyzed by fear or depression or paralyzed by discouragement or paralyzed in, an, in another way. There's people who are in needs, but Jesus is the answer. And if we sit around having the answer and we're not bringing the people who need the answer to him to find out who he is, are we a good friend or are we a bad friend? You know, this is a great opportunity too. You know, we're having, we're having a, uh, uh, an outreach coming up here on, on July 25th. It's called Love Our City. And this is a great opportunity. I, I encourage you guys to mark your calendar. We're gonna go out into our community. We got some things planned up. We'll let you know here within the next week or so. But on, on Saturday, July 25th, if you wanna mark your calendars, we're gonna go out and we're gonna love on this city with the love of Jesus Christ. We're going to find people who are paralyzed in their sin or in their situation, and we're gonna bring Jesus to them, amen? And then the Sunday right after that, that's on Saturday, then Sunday the 26th, we're having a friend and family day and a water baptism. If you wanna get baptized or you wanna get rebaptized, or you know somebody who knows Jesus and they wanna get baptized, you can bring them. We're gonna have a great time together and just to celebrate all that God has done and what he's doing right now in Jesus' name, amen? So mark your calendars for those. But closing up, I wanna give you four things real quick with this scripture. And we can see in these friends, we can see in this demonstration that friends help carry the burden. They care. Friends help carry the burden. They care. The Bible says that they were trying to bring him in to set him down in front of Jesus. And they succeeded. They didn't, they didn't let anything stop them. The next thing is this. Friends find a way. They'll find a way. Friends don't give up. Friends will find a way. They'll continue. They may not have the answer, but they'll find the answer. And how much more, especially as believers, can we find the answer when we continue to go to God and ask him for the answer? He'll give us a word. He'll give us something to do. He'll show us what to do. He'll tell us what to say to bring encouragement, empowerment to someone in need. They find a way. They went on top of the roof and they removed the towels. So friends help carry the burden. Friends find a way. Number three, friends lead you to Jesus. They lowered the sick man on his mat right in front of Jesus. Just like I described with my friend Joey Amendola. You know, there's many times when just his counsel in times of friendship over coffee and dessert and just talking and being challenged 
You know, friends will challenge you to serve Jesus. Friends will challenge you to give give more. Friends will challenge you. You know, friends aren't, aren't afraid to actually, they're, they're not afraid to dare to get in your face, so to say, to challenge you to be better. They kind of coach you on to challenge you to be better than what you are, to be more that God has called you to be. These friends got up and they lowered him in front of Jesus. And the last one is, friends believe in you. They'll help you experience things you've never seen before. Bible says after this that seeing their faith, uh, Jesus said, your friends are forgiving you. And the people said, after they saw him being healed and delivered and set free and, and rising from his condition, they said, we've never seen anything like this before. A friend will lead you to Jesus and a friend will help you experience things you never have before. Can I encourage you this morning, right now where you're at? You know, in the natural, we have friends and and friends can be there for us, but there are certain things that no one, period, can be there for us totally. There are some times that even, even if a friend is there, there's still things that we're having to walk through in a sense by ourselves. But there is a, a friend, the Bible says, that sticks closer than a brother. And his name is Jesus. And I want to ask you this morning, would you just bow your heads? If you're here, if you're at home online with us this morning, if you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior this morning, and the Holy Spirit is working upon your heart right now, and I know God is speaking, if God is working on your heart right now, you feel, you feel this, this sensation or this burden in your heart. When I've been talking about the friendship of Jesus, talking about having a friend this close, the only one that can be as close as what you really need is God, and that's in the person of Jesus Christ. And he wants to come into your life. He wants to be that friend that can stick closer to the brother. If you're here today or you're online, and you want to receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you want to surrender your life, you realize today that you've sinned against God. He's the only one that can cleanse you from your sin. And you want to surrender your life to Him. Whether you're online or you're here, would you raise your hand and say, that's me, Pastor. I want to surrender my life to Jesus. If you're in your car, you can put your hand out the window. If you're online, just where you're at right now, wherever you're at, just lift your hand. This is before the Lord. There has to be a response. You surrender your life to Jesus. If that's you this morning, would you pray this with me? The power of this prayer is in your heart, believing in your heart. That's what the Bible says. The Bible says if you confess Jesus with your mouth and you believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you confess him as Lord, you will be saved. He'll come to live on the inside of you by his spirit. Would you pray this with me this morning? Father God, I come to you. And I surrender. I repent of my sins. I ask you to cleanse me from all of my sin and to make me right with you through the sacrifice of Jesus. The shedding of his blood was poured out to cleanse me, make me clean, to make me right in your eyes. I don't understand it. I can't comprehend that all. But you've given me the grace and the faith to believe. So I believe today. Come into my life. Be my Lord and be my God in Jesus' name. Amen. Can we give a hand clap for those who may have prayed that prayer this morning? And we want to celebrate. If you prayed that prayer today, 
You know, online, if you're online, you prayed that prayer, there'll be a link above uh, this this thing here. It'll just say welcome and, inv- or welcome and invite and, and response card. If you'd fill that out, whether you're first time or you prayed that prayer, we want to be able to get in contact with you and help you. Any questions you may have. If you're here today, you need to come up today. If you've prayed that prayer or you rededicated your life, you need to come up here today and, and give a, a public declaration just by coming up and standing here as we close and open up our altars and say, I accepted Jesus today. It's not something we, we do in, in private. It's something we do. We do it out. It's, it's a great thing to be able to come to the Lord in Jesus' name. Could I get everyone to stand just where you're at? I want to pray for you. If you find yourself, maybe, maybe you're in need of a friend. Maybe you could see uh, some friends in your life that God has put on your heart as, as we begin to look through this and talk through this story. God put these people on your heart. Can I encourage you if he put those people on your heart or brought them to your mind that God has something for you to do to be able to bring to them and to help them? Would you just take a moment and just ask right now, Holy Spirit, what are you speaking to me through this message? Holy Spirit, what do I need to do? What actions do I need to take? What do I need to say? What do I need to do? Holy Spirit, I thank you right now for speaking to every single person here or online as you minister to them about being a good friend and how crucial that friend is. Lord God, just as bad friendships can corrupt and destroy good morals and manners and character, a good friendship can create and help and strengthen and establish good morals, good character, and good manners and exemplify the kingdom of God. Father, I pray for every single person here, however you're speaking to them right now, Holy Spirit, that you are giving them the grace that's necessary to do what you're showing them to do and to speak what you're telling them to speak in the name of Jesus. Let me just pray. The Lord bless you and the Lord keep you. The Lord smile upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord show you his favor and give you his peace in Jesus' name. Amen.